Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake. He's not here, no, sorry. He's on a, a assignment. I don't know where he is. Yeah, he's going to do something. BJ! But we've got... Hey, Joey D's running the boards. We've lost him. Yeah, we lost him. I think he him. followed a trail of snacks. McCoy. Call <laughs> the doctor. On today's show, we will talk with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach, get some video game news, and then we're going to talk Spider-Man Far From Home with spoilers. Vicky, we also have the Geek Sheet. How can people get a hold of us? <laughs> get a hold of place. us via BJ Geek Nation, which is uh, currently getting a makeover. I'm Ooh. super excited right now. It's not shiny yet, but it will be. <laughs> yeah, we got some, somebody thought it would be a good idea to give me control. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's in the middle of the extreme makeover. Oh, That's yes. Correct. So, uh, but it's going to have links uh, to all our stuff, blogs, podcasts, and more. more. A whole lot more. Uh, like our social media <laughs> handles, which if you just type in BJ Geek Nation, pretty much anywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Super easy to find. Yep. Or radio.com, iTunes as well to listen to us. Yes. Uh, so let's just get right in it with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And right now, Gareth, you're down at San Diego Comic-Con, but it's before all the information's out there, before you've been able to experience all of that. So we're going to get your rundown next week. But right now, you do have some video game news that's going on. And first and foremost... This is an interesting one because I'm a metalhead. I do love the music, and apparently there was an issue between Iron Maiden and a game that was closely named to them. Yeah, this is a crazy thing. Now, this is uh, 3D Realms, and for those people who don't remember them, they've been kind of dormant in terms of uh, pop culture for the last few years, but they've you know still around. They've just not as high profile. Uh-huh. These were the folks who years ago did Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, they yeah. They did the original Blood. They did the original Shadow Warrior and several other games. They, of course, had done some before that, like the original first couple of Duke Nukems, which are side-scrollers. A few things after, obviously. But th- those are like three that basically made their landmark. And they were built on this gaming engine called the Build Engine, which, of course, for those of us who remember back in the days of dial-up modems and before 3D <laughs> cards were standard, that was what they built these things on. And uh, it was like, you know, the rage. They even licensed it out. Well, a few about two years ago, they got the idea, wouldn't it be fun to do a new game, but use it in that engine? Oh. So it, it looks and plays like those old older games, but it's a brand new game. Not a report, not a re-anything. And they called it I-O-N Maiden. Oh, Ion Maiden. Maiden, right. And they put it out. And what is funny about this whole issue is we have known about it, I want to say, almost two PAXs ago. They had a booth upstairs, and they were talking about maybe three. Like, this year might be the third one. And I had actually played, some, like, the first chapter of it was 
fairly available to anybody who wanted it for well over a year to like some of the early access people and that sort of thing. But nonetheless, it was available. And all of a sudden, a few months ago, we heard we heard that Iron Maiden the band <laughs> was taking legal action because they felt it was too close to their copyrighted trademark. Now, I'm, of course, I mean, this yeah, oh, like uh, I kind of understand in terms of mm. that, but also, come on, yeah. And you see, <laughs> and the funny thing about it is there there's a there is a parallel to Comic Con about this because you've heard about how people had said. San Diego Comic-Con was not the first to use the name Comic-Con, so therefore they don't have exclusive rights. So you had these other conventions that were using the name or variations on the name. And Mm -hmm. apparently, as I understood it, it was always, with permission, that's fine. But you had one in particular that I won't name, apparently got very loud and boisterous and was, I'm going to be the champion for the cause and I'm going to take it to court. And the court slapped him down and said, yeah, you know what? You're right. They weren't the first to use it. The first time they tried to trademark it, it didn't get approved. But guess what? They eventually got it approved, so therefore they're the legal copyright holder. Wow. And, you know, you had a similar thing happen with Iron Maiden and Iron Maiden. People were saying, what's wrong with these idiots? Don't they make enough money? Iron Maiden was well in use for (laughs) well over 100 years before they were even born. It's a medieval torture device, people. Torture device, correct, correct. (laughs) And see, and that's where it comes down to. It's like, it doesn't matter. They trademarked the name. They felt that it was close enough to theirs to be confusing that it would cause a problem. And, you know, I, I think in the end, 3D Realms did a smart thing. They basically said, this game's coming out really soon. It's like due next month. And they basically said, we could tie this thing up in courts forever, which would delay probably delay the release of the game for ages mm-hmm. and cost money. So now it's Iron Fury. Problem solved, game still coming out, everyone's happy. And that is, I mean, that's what it kind of boils down to. It's like, yeah, you may be able to go through the courts and you may be able to get a judge to get your thing going on, but let's just put out the game. Like, in right, a couple because, years. you know, there'll yeah. be appeals and countersuits mm-hmm. and injunctions to delay the game. And they were just basically, it, like you said, it's done. Let's just put it out. If this is what we have to do, it's not like they're saying, you know, the character looks too much like Bruce Dickinson, so therefore you've got to go through <laughs> and, you know, redo all the artwork. You know, this yeah, is it's literally just the name. Yeah, and it, I mean, at this point now, instead, you can go and you can pick up Ion Fury instead of Ion Maiden, and you'll have no issues. You can play the game and have some fun and then move on with it. Because, like, seriously, like, if you delay a game like this, the leaps in technology that happen, this game will be like an old platformer at, uh, in, like, a couple of years by the time right. it gets done with litigation. And, and they're smart, too, because it's coming out on Steam through download. Nice. They're talking about, in time, doing console versions. There's no printed versions to worry about. It's not like them sitting there going, oh, God, we got 100,000 of these things already printed in the factory. Now we got to go and either put a sticker over them or (laughs) reprint everything because this name's on there. That's not an issue. So, you know, it was a very easy no-brainer. And plus, look at all the publicity they got out of it. Yeah, exactly. So I know people are going to be checking it out if they <laughs> if they haven't already just because of this. Now, moving on from that, let's go into some of those established franchises and discuss a little bit about uh, Call of Duty. Well, Call of Duty has got uh, a lot of people wondering about, okay, what's the plan here? Because as we talked about with Modern Warfare, they did not have a booth at E3. Mm-hmm. They did not have a full-on 
press showing up in the private rooms. It was basically certain press were asked, but we had been told that they've also been going heavily for streamers and influencers. And so there's a lot of us in the media who've covered Call of Duty for ages who have not seen anything about the game. And they basically said, okay, we got a date in August. I, uh, uh, you know, we're going to do a multiplayer reveal. And now we're going to get a look. And we've been told it's actually going to be a gritty reveal. And we've been told there's elements to the game. uh, You know, we've heard things like there is going to be a campaign. There's a two versus two mode. There's some other things. We've heard elements that it is going to be gritty in terms of not just the storyline, but like we've heard some leaked things like perhaps you're going through a building and it is possible to accidentally shoot innocent civilians. And this reminds me of that controversial level where you had to go undercover and shoot up the airport. Yeah, the airport scene. That was so controversial. Like, we had it. We played through the level. And then, like, literally a couple of days later, they patched the game to remove that level. That's so strange. Yeah, we already got through it. So we're like, (laughs) but needless to say, there's a lot of us going. And they're not at Comic-Con either, which is surprising because they have been active at comic-con in years past i mean last year they had the big zombie reveal um i remember years uh, in the past they had a, a zombie escape room which was fa- I and mean, it was not mm-hmm. just some little room with decoration they went all out and had two different themed escape rooms with all these props and it was a lot of fun but apparently they've kind of got this attitude that i don't you know that's my thought is maybe they're saying we're going to just reveal this thing that's coming out in october in the stream and maybe we feel call of duty doesn't need the huge buildup. Maybe in the past too much buildup was a bad thing that mm-hmm. maybe sitting back and just saying, here it is, you know, be interesting to see. I, I mean, that is an interesting point on that sort of thing. I mean, like the game has been out, like call of duty has been out for like 16 years at this point. So mm-hmm. like it speaks for itself. Everyone kind of knows what to expect and maybe they don't want to hype it all up because you get the people who get in there and kind of nitpick all those itty bitty details and people get all pissed about it before they've even seen it. Right. And they, you know, and they're being clever too, because you know, black ops four, just had an update the other day. Uh, it was out to PS4 before, but the PC and the Xbox One versions came out. So here's the new zombie mode, Alpha Omega, with the classic, you know, Rick Tovin and the various characters. Mm-hmm. And it's done in a 1950, well, it's basically Nuketown, but after a zombie takeover. And you go into bunkers and through Nuketown. And then, <laughs> you know, there's this uh, DLC, where I think it's a, an add-on you can buy, where you can bring Captain Price from the Modern Warfare series into one of the... Uh, um, what do you call them, blackout campaigns and stuff. So they are still continuing to update that one as well. And, wow. you know, you sit there and go, we're in July. They're still updating uh, Black Ops 4 with new content in October, <laughs> the new game ships. So, you know, they're not. it's not like they're sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Moving on from that, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein. Uh, what news do you have from them? Well, this is good. Uh, We've got Youngblood almost out, and, uh, you know, this is the next one from Bethesda, and the great thing about it is a lot of people said, okay, well, they had the, you know, people forget that I remember playing the title back on the original before it was a 3D shooter, 
Back oh, on the yeah. Apple. They had Wolfenstein Escape Capsule, Wolfenstein. Then you had, you know, many say it is the first 3D shooter in the shareware. Mm-hmm. And it was with Activision for a while. You know, they had theirs, and then Activision had it for a while. Then the title went to Bethesda, and they had theirs, and then they had a follow-up, and then they had the other game. And what they went with is longer campaigns. Some of these campaigns were upwards of 20, 26 hours, but no multiplayer. So, and then they would, of course, continue on with DLC and open-ended storylines. And even after you finish the game, you can go in and take side missions and so on. Well, this time out, they've decided uh, we're going to have a campaign. We're going to have all that. But there's a co-op element to it. You can play as as uh, B.J. Blazkowicz's daughters. And there's two of them, obviously, <laughs> co-op. And uh, me and one of the staff members played it at E3. Now, we don't know if they just had the difficulty setting way up there. And I know we normally play with mouse and keyboard, and we were playing with consoles. We were going in there, and we were, I, I would say, within a few minutes of getting used to it, we were giving out quite a bit of damage, and we were still getting our butts kicked and handed to us. Every time we thought we cleared an area, more and more of them kept coming in. <laughs> and it was like, this is intense. I mean, we would spend 15 minutes or so. I think we had about a half-hour gameplay session. We would clear things out. I'd even take a mounted gun and try to clear out areas, and we're like, we got it. We'd go a couple feet up the <laughs> stairs to the next segment, and here comes another wave of reinforcements. Nice! And I, and I, you know, and I was telling the guys and I, from Bethesda, I said, this makes zero sense to me. I've finished all the games, <laughs> and, and I can't even get through one <laughs> stupid segment of this game, and they were just laughing yeah, and by yeah. Contrast, I knew that was going to happen. Actually, <laughs> yeah, there's a second Wolfenstein game coming called Cyberpilot, which is for the PSVR and for the um, PC, if you have VR. And that's basically you take control of one of the giant mechs. And you just Ooh. sit there, put the VR on, take your controllers, and dish out. Got through my level with that, no problem at all. Once I got used to controls, got through it, that was fantastic. Youngblood absolutely owned me, and so that's why I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens when it ships in uh, just a couple of weeks now. And that'll be one of those interesting ones, because a lot of the times, uh, some people, especially some of the old school gamers, will complain about how games are a little too easy or they kind of handhold. So if you've got one with like a genuine difficulty and it's super hard, sure, you might get some complainers about it, but I also feel that this will be a boon for a lot of the streamers out there, because you get some of those high quality players out there who maybe just want that ultra challenge to get into it. Maybe this might be something for that. Exactly. And the thing to remember is the series has always allowed you to set your difficulty. Yeah, so that's if good you point. get in and you find it too difficult, you can in game drop it down to an easier difficulty. Oh, this is too easy for me, or this boss is owning me. Let me go down to the easiest <laughs> setting. Okay, I've beaten him. Now let's go back and play from there. Exactly. I love all of that. And then finally, uh, Nintendo. They've had a lot of new news out there most recently with the Switch Lite and some other things going on with that. Are they going to have a presence down at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, or what's going on, they man? They are. Oh, okay. They are. They go to, they have a game room in one of the hotels uh, near the convention center, because as, you know, I've mentioned you, it spreads out quite a bit into the uh, <laughs> surrounding area. Yeah. And what they do, what they're going to have this year, is that they're going to be featuring Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is coming very soon, and nice. everybody's really excited about that. Those are good They're going to have Louis, Luigi's Mansion 3, which was shown off at... Um, E3, and then they're, they're going to have some of the other games that are coming as well, a little too uh, many to name, you know, but let's just say they're 
upcoming immediate set of releases are going to be featured. We've also been told there'll be activations and pop-ups all over the general area. So we've heard some interesting little, uh, you know, crossovers and pop-ups. So we will get to those as we can. You know, the biggest Mm -hmm. trick with those is that it used to be uh, they would say to the media, hey, come on down, and we would have our little area to go into. And usually that was before the public got in or we'd have our own private area. And then it became all about tournaments and this and that. And then it basically became open the door and everybody comes in. And the next thing you know, you go into the lobby and there's, you know, hundreds of people there. They let a few dozen in and say, okay, that's it. The rest of you wait. And when you're usually on schedules between, all right, I've got an interview in half an hour. I've got this. You can't really, you know, set your whole day out, but it's definitely on our list that, uh, between all of us that are there, if someone is going to get free to get into that closet, it's probably not going to be me because I'm chained to interviews most of it. But if I get by and it's not too crazy, I'm definitely going in there. I love it. I love it. And I mean, there'll be tons of coverage on SKNR.net. All you got to do is search for Skewed and Reviewed. You can find them on Facebook as well. Lots of stuff. We'll get with you next week about the rundown on San Diego Comic-Con, but there'll be so much more information right on those websites. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach at Skewed and Review. That is SKNR.net. Next week, we'll do a rundown from the San Diego Comic-Con with him and see all the fun stuff he's seen. But for now, we need to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. A week ago, we brought it up, and we did non- we did non-spoilers. We just wanted to get everyone's reaction to seeing it. Uh, BJ, Joe, and myself. And at that point, Vicky had not seen it. Nope. Fortunately, she has for this yes. episode. I'm I very was, happy about this. I was this. bummed because I wanted to go with my dad, and that's why it took me so long to see it, because mm-hmm. he's a big Spider-Man fan, and maybe I'll do a blog or something with him later, and he That'd can tell cute. me what yeah. he thinks. Mm-hmm. But he's a purist. It's so weird. Like he's like He doesn't like it when anything gets changed for anything, with his music, with restaurants, or anything. So it's just like, okay. It'll be fun to see how uh, he feels about Mysterio yeah. and everything that's been going on with this. Well, he saw the trailers, and he's just, well, Mysterio was the bad guy. I don't get what they're doing. I'm like, Dad, he's probably still the bad guy and that was one of the things i was like so i think my favorite thing is in the trailer he talks about the multiverse yes like straight up in the trailer it's like oh there's a multiverse and it's and like even in the thing it's like i come from the uh the 834 or whatever yeah. and like we're part of the 616 and everyone's like yes 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 this is exactly what everything is supposed to be this is in continuity this is perfect and then you realize oh wait mysterio is a big fat liar who lies he's a lying liar who lies all the time and well Duh. Once a liar, <laughs> always a liar. And I don't know. I don't remember Mysterio what his deal was in the comics. He was uh, an illusionist, and I mean purists out there. Spicoli's still listening. Send us a brick of text so we can get it. But <laughs> essentially, he was uh, he was an actual magician illusionist. Gotcha. And so he would use his powers in order to create these illusions. So it's not too far from this comic I, from I, this movie version. I like that they're bringing it up to date. Yeah. Because, I mean, yes, there are, like, magicians. We have uh, Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like it just kind of... You have magic powers, especially since... this point, we don't have any X-Men characters yet, yeah. so we can't just write it off to, oh, 
you're a mutant. Exactly. And like I like this idea much better. And I love the fact that this was a team effort. And it's mm-hmm. interesting to see. And I almost, I kind of rolled my eyes, but now I'm a little more warm to the fact that um, this is still a sins of the father type of story where Tony Stark's influence has still come over and is overshadowing what uh, Peter Parker's been trying to do with his life. Like, everyone knows that Tony Stark passed now that we've uh, gotten into mm-hmm. this point. And, it, like, the world knows that they've lost, uh, they've lost. Black Widow. They've lost Captain America mm-hmm. because even though he did his time travel old person thing, the, everyone he, just feels that he's, he's, he died. Well, we don't in know the if war. that's been revealed that he's technically alive, but he's not. And it hasn't because they showed like the in memoriam. Yeah. And they, they showed, yeah, they think he's died. And then obviously Tony Stark doing his thing. And so the fact that these are still scientists that were pissed off and it runs along the same lines as, as all the Iron Man movies. I was going to say, this is what has happened in previous Iron Man movies. Mm-hmm. And I love that they even went as far back to kind of include scenes from previous movies. From the first Iron Man, because they had right. the scientist. Which, by the way, which was Easter great. Egg, do you know who the scientist was, who the actor is? No. His name is William Ginter Riva, also uh, the star of A Christmas Story. Really? Yeah. Really? Peter like the little B- kid? Billingsley, is that his name? Oh, I yeah, yeah, name. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a return. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> I was like, holy crap, you're a grown-up. <laughs> so I love this movie because it was it was the epilogue to uh, phase three. This was the to show what happened after the big events of Infinity War, how people are dealing with all the stuff that happened. It made sense on what they did with um, the snap and then the return, which is the what, blip. Th- what they're calling now the blip, which is kind of fun just for them to like. like this basi- is how they explain it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, side note, I had that wrong. His name is Peter Billingsley, and the character in, Miss, in uh, the oh. movie is William Ginter Riva. Okay, so... But Peter was there. also a producer, along with uh, John Favreau. Huh, interesting. That's pretty cool. But uh, I love that a lot... Like, they did kind of answer a lot of the, like, memes and stuff and questions people had out there. It's like, so you're going to high school, and all of a sudden you split back... And the people you graduated are now adults. Yeah. So like, a bunch of them are adults. And it's like your girlfriend's not an adult, which actually kind of happened in Runaways. And oh, oh yeah, you mentioned that before, Where, too. Like, they brought her back into present time to save her life. And she's like, cool, I'm 16. You are, you know, 20. And then also it turns out to be one of the uh, kind of the kid foils in this one was mm-hmm. Brad Davis, which was the kid who was five years younger and now grown up. Yeah. Looks amazing. Is kind of that romantic interest for MJ sort of thing. <laughs> the one that catches Peter uh, with the uh, pants down. Yeah, pants down with the uh, the not the escort, but you know the <laughs> secret agent. Yeah, the secret agent. Uh, we got an email who actually uh, from Keith uh, from Keith. Yes, and who brought up these characters as well. He was talking with Brad, uh, and he says that he kind of thinks that maybe there's like a what-if situation with either Brad and Flash Thompson, which is the kid who was doing all of the uh, mm-hmm. doing all the meme stuff, and like the rich kid that hates Peter but really kind of loves uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And he's wondering if maybe these are going to be guys who might turn into villains later. Hmm. He says it's mostly wishful thinking, but he could see that possibly that Flash could quite possibly turn into someone who could be maybe the Green Goblin. Now, I don't know whether or not that's going to be something along those lines or that even Brad could turn into Venom. 
Huh. Now, I don't know well, I mean, how they, they could do talks, that. There's but talks of, what, of them getting uh, Venom with Spider-Man. I don't know if it means this Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah. Which, by the way, I've been seeing a lot of posts about Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, and people are like, he's the worst Spider-Man, and I want to tell all of them, except I don't want to get into a fight on the internet. <laughs> F off, man. Yeah. He's the best. One of the uh, interesting things about this story, uh, this movie, was the fact that the theme was what's next and uh, everyone assumes that Spider-Man is an Avenger and that he's going to be the one who saves everyone and then saves everyone from all the aliens and it's him coming to terms with being an Avenger but still being the little guy and when it comes down to it trying to fill those gigantic shoes that he personally is not ready to fill he's just trying to find love on a Euro trip essentially at this point be a regular 16 year old kid and it's those flat Flashes that you see, like when he's fighting the drones, and he's got one of them on a little, on a like a little rope with his spider rope. Yeah, it's it's the it's Captain, Captain America. America, like in that whole scene. They used the same music for that. It's him trying to fill these roles and. Failing pretty bigly at well, like at least pretty at, big at it. At least in that moment, he's yeah. learning. I feel like it's not just filling the roles; it's taking what those before him have done and learning from them. Yeah, and kind of like, okay, now it's my time to step up. I've had these guys; they are great influences, they're great role models. Now let me see what I can do. Exactly. Um, and then he, I think, at the end of the day, like he forgets. Like you are a super brainiac kid. Like when you see him do it, making his new Spider-Man consti- costume, it's like you are in your element, dude. Yeah. You've been fighting this the whole time. Remnant of Tony uh, mm-hmm. building his stuff as well which would make sense because he's a brilliant mind he's not a scientist yet but he's got that brilliant inventor mm-hmm. mind and they're really showing saw. it all off yeah um, I do have a couple memes about Spider-Man that I kind of want to read. Spider-Meme. It's Spider-Meme. like Nick Fury, a tired bitch trying his best, uh, TM, to train Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, let's try this one last time. Collapsing building, simultaneous, simultaneously villains attack, multiverse dangers. What do you do, Peter? Call the Avengers. You're the Avengers! <laughs> and one of the interesting points on this is when you get to the bonus scenes. Because yes. Nick Fury ain't Nick Fury. That's Not my really, literal no. favorite part of this whole movie is that the whole time I'm like... Why is Nick Fury's character so likable? Like, so funny, ha-ha. And why does he not know certain things that he should definitely know? And it doesn't feel like he's holding like, back information. It literally feels like he doesn't know. Yeah, And, like, I mean, he's used the excuse. I Honestly, I didn't really see it coming. Uh, I didn't either, actually, nah, at all. But, like, I, he was hiding it. He's like, I used to know everything, but then all this went on. Crap went down, and now I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I need to. I need more info. Yeah, I was. I was skeptical when he gave that. Uh, when uh, oh, who's Spider Man's sort of fat father? Whose name I can't remember. John Favreau's. John character. Favreau. Oh, happy. 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 Yeah. I was going to say Harvey. It's not Harvey. <laughs> uh, well, when Happy gives him the code about surfing, and I'm like, that's not a code you would normally use. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? That's a vacation, you know. Like, and then yeah. and I was like, well, I, oh, and that's when I started clicking in my head. I'm like, oh my god, he's not really the real Fury. <laughs> wait, no, you didn't get that? What? No, so he was saying that, like, oh, the oh, wait, oh, sorry, I totally got confused in my brain. I was thinking when the surfboard, uh, when he tells him, like, hey, you left your surfboard here. He's like, no, I didn't. I thought, sorry, 
Now I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> My brain was like, whoop, going that way while you're talking. And it's one of those things where I think this movie, it, it helps a bit to be able to see the see the bonus scenes and then go back and watch it again and then pay more attention to Nick Fury. And like you're like, oh, now that I know about this, this makes a lot more sense. And pay attention to some of the other characters. Jake Gyllenhaal t- uh, posted on Instagram like, hey, come find me. Yeah, there, he's in a scene before. Where he, and he's kind of stalking. Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but if you if you know what outfit he's wearing, you'll see him. It's a really kind of fun thing to see all in that. Like, there's a lot of little little things in this, the little details that went really far in this movie. I think my favorite part about the overall, like, arc of what they've done with all these movies is that this one in particular feels like a Spider-Man movie. Because yes. he's new, he's fresh, it's an origin movie, but you don't need an origin. He's not fighting... Uh, an actual like superhero you know or like a supervillain where like you're like oh how's Spider-Man gonna beat like you know Thor Thanos or yeah, something yeah, you know? yeah. it doesn't make any sense he's actually just fighting a human who's way smarter than he is because he's such a young kid yeah and it's not even yeah it's not even just like base intelligence it's it's just street cred you know yeah. you need to know like yeah. oh this fool's playing me it's the difference between in like D&D terms between intelligence and wisdom mm-hmm. like you can be smart enough but you need the experience yep. and those are the things that'll get you there and this is one of those that it's going to get him there and I think one of the biggest telling lines in the whole movie is when Mysterio is talking about how people will believe anything now they've seen aliens coming from other planets other galaxies to take us over or do whatever the hell that they're doing because most people don't know what Thanos's plan was they just know that gigantic spheres and like space (laughs) monsters have been coming down here constantly for the last 10 years and what the hell's going on so yeah when someone says oh yeah I come from a multiverse and I'm here to fight off these elementals that are going to be trying to take over and like burning the core and melting the planet and everyone's like yeah all right can you save us Cool. All right. That's like, we got nobody. <laughs> yeah, and they don't. They don't have anyone at this point. They got Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's not even ready to do it. And I remember one of the first uh, live-action, you know, animated shows of Spider-Man I watched was Mysterio was a big villain. Mm-hmm. I will say this version of Mysterio, the way that they use the drones and everything, I mean, was the CGI not incredible? It was yes. amazing. It was so cool. I'm like, I just want this guy to be a villain, you know, throughout the rest yeah. of the series. Yeah, you need to see it in... Uh, it, it, like we saw I didn't see it in IMAX I didn't see it in 3D I saw it in the RPX which is yeah. essentially the same it's the the, the, the better quality stuff DX. well you can do that and you can let me know because <laughs> I'll just vomit so uh, it doesn't do well on roller coasters nope we'll not do that um, but it was fun to be able to watch this and kind of see how they're going to move on from it I'm excited to see where they're going to be going with this um, there's a few like Possible Easter eggs slash fan theories. Okay. So at the very end, um, when Spider-Man is, you know, at the very end end, he's swinging uh, through New York City with MJ. He lands in front of a building, which was once Stark Tower before becoming Avengers Tower. Now it's under construction to be something else and being sold. You know, it was actually being sold during Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. So oh, they believe right. it is a tease for Fantastic Four. They did have a big tower in the middle of New York City. Oh, it yep. makes oh sense God. on those terms. I'd be cool with it. So, uh, Guarding the construction at the Avengers Tower, a fence labeled with, we can't wait to show you what comes next. The sentence was broken up with a one, a two, a three, and a question mark. Oh, Where's the four? Dang Where it. Where the four would have been. Yeah. Oh, mm. That's a big maybe. But what do you guys think of the big 
ending. Oh, where we've got we got our Iron Man moment where I am Iron Man, but not because Peter Parker wanted to get it out there. It was because our old nemesis, J. Jonah Jameson, I, played by J.K. Simmons. I lost my ass. Yes. I'm in the theater like an idiot, like, ah! Now he's an InfoWars Alex Jones type of D-bag who's just perfect. using his internet stuff. It makes total sense with how they need to update this sort of character because you're not going to get a newspaper editor being this kind of guy. Like, no. you're just not going to Especially have that anymore. Especially not with the Hitler mustache. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was very interesting to see that. And he's the one that has Mysterio's leaked footage yeah. that now looks edited. And as soon as, as, soon as he said, uh, execute the... Uh, execute the procedures or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, like that might not. Be that's going to be totally taken out of context and going to be used, totally used. Do you think Mysterio is actually dead? <sighs> I don't know. That's a tough one. He's wow, a, he's a lying liar that lies. I, don't, I bet you he's still around. Well, according to this tweeter, he wrote, uh, "Following the naming convention of Spider-Man: Homecoming and Spider-Man: Far From Home, I hope the third one is Spider-Man: Home Alone, and it's just Peter on his own trying to protect <laughs> the Avengers' <laughs> compound from the Sinister Six with complex web-based traps." Thank you, because <laughs> you mentioned one thing in that that I do believe, which Sinister is the Six. Sinister Six, which they tried to do when they had Andrew Garfield as uh, Spider-Man, but. Then we got that horrible second movie. We had the Rhino by Paul that was played by Paul Giamatti, which would have been fine if he wasn't just at the beginning and the end and had right. nothing in between. It was <laughs> right. so dumb. And we've had hints of other characters. We have the Vulture. We got the Vulture, Scorpion, Scorpion. The uh, Dimitri, the guy that was going uh-huh. around with them, is apparently the chameleon. Oh, in the comics, his name is Dimitri. Interesting. So a lot of people are putting tabs that he might be in on that one as well. Uh, we I can- liked him for not. A single word I like. Right. I think we're going to be going with a Sinister Six motif in terms for Spider Man. So that will mm-hmm. be like Spider Man saga as it's going along. Now, it also leads to bigger things when we got the, uh, which we have mentioned before, the, uh, the scroll being Nick and Maria because not so much that they were uh, that they were masking as them it was the fact that Nick Fury was quote unquote on vacation because this leads into and even Keith said in his email sword which is shield's space version ah. oh, which okay. leads into the overarching story of potentially being secret mm-hmm. wars which is interesting because I think we were against the scrolls weren't we yes and that was the thing that uh, what had happened was the scrolls had infiltrated all of uh, a bunch of our superheroes, which they've done here, but on our side. And it was the Kree scroll war that had caused all that. Mm-hmm. But scrolls were super the super bad guys. And so what it leads to this being is that maybe it's more of the Krees being the bad guys. It's going to be another space opera along the same lines as the Infinity Saga. This could be their big overarching thing that can also help them bring in Fantastic Four, the X Men. And it's interesting because in the runaways and we got to meet the character who is uh, Carolina's uh, betrothed mm-hmm. uh, she his name was Zavin but he's a shapeshifter uh-huh. of course because he's a scroll yep. but they didn't call because she transformed into a woman she did, they didn't call her that yeah which was kind of frustrating so it's like I want that to all be tied <laughs> in and put together yeah my other hope my fan hope which I don't think we're gonna get I know we're not going to get I should say okay somebody made and I sent you this picture a fan art of um, Peter Parker sitting on trial yeah 
and Daredevil was his uh, attorney. Yeah, like I, you would hope they would get those the, the TV things in, but I also I think this may lead into some of the reasons why other shows aren't being brought back, or some of the other problems that are been going on. Not even really necessarily problems, but when we see all the street level heroes from the Netflix series, mm-hmm. they've you know they ended the road, and you think oh maybe they'll bring them back, and maybe they just won't for this. But also, if you have something like the Secret Wars, this is a way that they can also kind of bring new actors in for those characters. I want the actors. I want those actors. I get it, and I understand, but uh, the potential out there is pretty monumental. I know. So right after the movie, mm-hmm. of course, first thing I do is go, well, this is awesome. We must be going to space. Like you said, maybe yeah. Secret Wars, blah, blah, blah. Have you guys looked up to see what the new next like version of the movies are? The next like when they're going to come out and what they're going to be? Mm-hmm. No, we're not getting a lot, guys. Well, and that's the thing. We're hoping that San Diego Comic Con is this weekend. Mm-hmm. We're hoping for a lot of news in that aspect. So uh, mentioned Gareth earlier today. Uh, had him on talking about some other things. Hopefully, he'll have some news for us as well. And one thing I posted on our Facebook page, and we haven't talked about yet, we need to mention Thor Four. Thor Four. Thor Four is. Ago. Yep, Taika Waititi is Woo! back, mm-hmm. and we'll have to see where that goes. If it I mean, goes, it's got to go great. Yeah, well, I, mean, I just mean like a storyline. I mean, yes. I'm very excited for it, because but it's also it gonna just be, wondering honestly, what's going to happen if they combine it with Guardians of the Galaxy and had those two, you know, mm-hmm. James Gunn and uh, Taika. Taika, thank you. <laughs> uh, Go at it together. I'm like, how awesome would that be? It would be amazing. Like, uh, and what would come first, Thor or Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, so would Thor leave the Guardians of the Galaxy and do his own thing? Guardians is w- not till 2023, I believe. Ooh. Whoa, yeah. damn. damn. Okay, so I mean, Marvel <laughs> is known <laughs> after the last 10 years. Marvel was known for playing the long game with a yes. lot of these things, which I'm quite all right with. Yeah, because this was their last movie, remember? This is the wrap-up, and yeah. it's, in my opinion, perfect. Yeah, it le- it wraps it up, it gives a nice epilogue, and then it leads into what is going to potentially be, without actually throwing it out there. It's a lot of lot of little teasers, a lot of little uh, little threads there for people <laughs> to follow, like the nerds like us and everyone out there. So, you said thread. Mm, all right. Spider-Man. Super excited about all of it, and uh, uh, I, I, I just, I, I was surprised at how much I really like this movie. <sighs> Like, I don't know why I was surprised, but after having Endgame and Infinity War, I have my saga. I'm done with it. But then I'm not. They bring me back. I I had a friend on Facebook. She's also a huge nerd. She wrote, uh, I think this movie was better than the first, and the first is in my top five movies at all time. Wow. How would you compare it to the first movie? Uh, I think it was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I just think it was better. I think it was a little bit more fun. I didn't necessarily care about the 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 teen love story, like uh, him just following around chasing that. But like, I thought that was cute. Yeah, I just don't care. Like, yeah. I want big, like, overarching, like, like the face of humanity can, going to be crumbled, like, and it kind of going goes- against these super massive villains, as opposed to just. I think it makes him kids. real. It yeah. makes him real because it otherwise does. you're just a superhero. You, you know, it, it really brought that whole like you are trying to do something mm-hmm. monumental, trying to save the world, while also trying to live a normal life. And living a normal life, falling in love, having your first romance in high school was hard enough yeah. without having the whole world on your shoulders. And now it's gone. Because <laughs> everyone knows that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. So we'll have to see how awkward this gets for the next, I don't know, what, 22 movies or so? <laughs> see you soon, guys. Yeah, right. All right. Now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what do you got for us? 
Uh, not a whole lot. Okay, Ooh. so uh, there's one very specific movie that I know the wife and I are going to go see. It's a very big one. Mm-hmm. Not creating great views. So. No, it's not, but it's got a kitten in it. A lion kitten. It's The Lion King, the quote-unquote yeah. live action. That's yeah. not out yet? No, nope. it's not. Like, that was one of those things I thought, and I thought last week that it came out, and I was like, oh, are we missing it? And then we looked up the movie times, and it wasn't out yet, so we watched the Disney version. Isn't that crazy how much <laughs> bad press that movie's gotten? I thought it's already out. <laughs> well, I think that's why, because a lot of people went and screened it. It's got already 194 reviews and 57% score on Rotten Tomatoes, so... It's not doing so good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good enough for a children's movie, though. I mean, and that's the thing, too. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think it's the Star Wars effect, where it's like, well, it's not as good as what the original when I was a kid. It's like, um, because you're not a kid anymore, this isn't meant for you. Yeah. This is meant for you to take your kid, and so yeah. that you can see the same excitement in their eyes. But to be perfectly honest, having just watched the Disney one, it's still great. But it also might be my nostalgia with it, too. Right. I don't know whether or not kids these days are going to be fine with an animated versus a CG one. Right. They might like both. Who knows? Yeah. So take your kids and please let us know if you do see this, what you think. And if you mm-hmm. take your kids, what do they think? We want to hear their reviews. Yeah. So actually, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yep. Uh, and one more movie coming out this week. And, and I don't I've never heard of it. It's got 91 percent as of right now. Granted, it's only got 22 total uh Votes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, loose, L-U-Z, and it's a horror movie. Loose, 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 loose. The name is Loose, loose, which means light in Spanish, but it's also a girl name. Uh, in this slick and disturbing horror film, Loose is a young cab driver fleeing from the grasp of a possessed woman whose confession could endanger the lives of everyone who crosses her path. So, cab driver. Yeah, it looks real creepy. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, what? That what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it looks almost like foreign I don't recognize anybody. Her, so her confession's going to screw who over? Endanger everyone who crosses her path. So I'm guessing anybody who now crosses loose because she knows the confession is in danger. Huh. Is my guess. Oh, because they think that she's going to spread the secret to them. Well, I mean, I don't know what the secret is. Maybe it's like she... I don't know. I haven't seen a movie. <laughs> the Lion King is secretly the best movie of the year. Oh, Whoa. that is a terrible secret. <laughs> yeah. so. so, I mean, maybe go back and uh, watch Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I like that idea. I, I want to go see it again. I'm going to take my dad this time. Nice. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.